Hi, we'd like to, to welcome listeners back to Early Learning Ventures podcast, Family Engagement Fridays. Today, we are very excited to have our very own Colleen Rorig and Sue Kiensteiner. Colleen and Sue are both child care partnership specialists for Early Learning Ventures Early Head Start. Colleen um, comes to us out of Mesa County. Uh, Sue is in Arapahoe County. In honor of Potty Training Awareness Month, we will chat about the ever-popular question, how exactly do we go about potty training? Um, so before we get started, we wanted to acknowledge that there are hundreds of thousands of strategies out there. We know that some of these might work for some children and some might not. Others might work for some parents, but not others. So we want to just say to take what works for you and your family and leave what does not. Welcome to the show. Um, Colleen, Sue, do you have anything you want to share before we get started? No, I think you've already summarized that, um, again, there's lots of different ways to go about this, lots of different personalities for children. So these are just some strategies that have worked for us. And I'm just excited about having our conversation about potty training. We're so excited to have this conversation with you all, too. Um, so can you guys tell us what is your experience with potty training? Well, for me, um, I have I raised two children and I so I, they're 27 and 28. So I started a long time ago with them, one boy, one girl. And then I was a family child care owner for 22 years. So I have many years of experience probably <laughs> training many, many children. I as well have adult children. I raised three boys, but I had lots of nieces that would come over and friends that had daughters. And so I had an experience, had the opportunity to experience potty training little boys and little girls as well. Lovely. Um, so can you tell us what are some first steps you should think about when you start potty training? For me, um, as a child, child care provider, um, I wanted to work closely with the families. So I would, I think it's really important to find out if children are ready. And I know, I know a lot of parents have that question, is my child ready or how do I know when they are ready? And some of the signs of readiness that I have um, come to know over the years is that when a child is dry, like they wake up from their nap or they're dry for at least two hours, then they're learning how to hold it or learning how to, to um, just kind of understanding what that means. When they can recognize what it means to, to go to the bathroom, they, they notice it or recognize it. Um, and they need to develop those some skills to like walking, like walking to the toilet, like pulling up and down their pants, getting off and on the potty with some help. Um, those skills help. Um, I learned a long time ago that um, potty training is a social thing, which kind of I thought, what, when I first heard that, <laughs> but uh, caregivers, I mean, uh, children watch, it's important that they can watch us, watch us go to the bathroom to know that it's normal. Um, and they need to be able to follow simple instructions. 
And they also have that desire to use the potty. So um, when some of these signs of readiness, you start seeing some of these signs of readiness, it might be a time to start introducing the potty to them. And that's what I found that it's helpful uh, when I've been working with kids. Now with, with my boys, it was kind of a around, right around 24 months, two years of age, I decided that I was going to start talking about it. And I had books and we had conversations talking about pottying. And what I started out by doing is having a little potty chair in the bathroom. And when they would get ready for their bath, they were undressed anyways. And we would ask, I would ask them if they wanted to sit on the potty then. It was more natural. We didn't have to undress them. They were already undressed and ready to go. Sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. Not a lot of pressure. And then we would move on to the bath. But we had already had some time talking about pottying and reading books about pottying. So the language I was using was not unfamiliar to my boys. So that's kind of how I determined. And if it started out and they were absolutely getting upset and had no interest in it, again, I have three sons with three different personalities, then I would step back and maybe try it again in, in a week or three weeks, whatever it looked like, with no pressure. And when I trained my boys, we didn't have pull-ups, so we still kept them in their diapers is how we did it. I know pull-ups are now available, and that could be a nice uh, option for families. But that's kind of how I started the introduction and just eased into it slowly. Those are both such beautiful examples of just meeting children where they're at and really easing into it. Um, thank you for sharing. So what should I do if my child is very upset when I try to start potty training? I think there's a lot of answers to that. It really depends on your child and their temperament and what's really going on at the time. I know that, um, I've had children over the years, families, parents that they're just determined to potty train their child and we work and work at it and the child doesn't want to do it. There's lots of power struggles. And as soon as we let go, this one child in particular, who was a little boy, we just kind of gave up. Parents like, I'm just going to give up. And one day the child woke up, wanted to go to the bathroom. He potty trained in one day. <laughs> and it was just, it was just the time. So some of the research also talks about Times not to potty train is maybe when there's some stress going on in the family. So like if you're in the middle of moving or if you're on vacation, um, times that um, maybe you're expecting a new baby into the family or there's major illnesses or anything. So those are times maybe to try to avoid because it might be a little more stressful and more difficult for the child. And I kind of used, um, because I was working full time, so... Um, for my older children, my younger children, I was a, uh, I was able to be at home with them, but I would just um, make the the decision that that's what I'm going to do, and and just start again introducing, and if there was resistance or upset about it, then I would just step back. There would be no, no punitive, no, you know, you need to be doing this. You're a big boy. None of that kind of thing is to you know to try to make it a something we're going to do together and I can support you um, and not be in a place where I, I need to get this done in the next week. And by golly, that's what we need to do. Um, but to just kind of take it at their own pace. Again, my three boys have very different personalities. 
So how I approached it with each and every one of them looked a little different. But again, the, the, the theme was step back if it's not working. If it becomes such an upset for this child that um, they're hiding behind a couch or something thinking they need to go to the bathroom that way, then you know it, they're just not ready for it. I totally agree, Colleen. And um, there was a, I had a parent that um, said they talked to their physician about it and they said they never saw a child that was five years old that was not potty trained. <laughs> and I had a child in my care that was almost five one time, but, and it was a boy. So I think it's really important, like you said, that every child is ready at different times, you know, as early as usually around 18 months or so. Um, maybe even earlier for some and all the way up to usually around three, three and a half for boys, usually typically. So just to know that every child is different. And you really mentioned that pressuring children doesn't help. That's not what we want to do. And so I have another question that is similar to this. Um, and I was just curious if you guys had any thoughts about what if your child is in a childcare program and the childcare provider is maybe pressuring you to potty train your child so they can move up into the next classroom. I don't know if you guys had any specific thoughts or, um, yeah. I've heard that before. I mean, I was in a family childcare, so they didn't have to move up in the classroom and it was, so it was more relaxed. There wasn't a specific time. Um, but I've heard of that before, uh, you know, centers saying, you know, of ordered, you know, they, they don't have potty training in a certain class. So I don't really have a lot of answers for that. I, all I can say, it's really important not to pressure children, but maybe Colleen, you might have more suggestions for that. Well, you know, and I think Jennifer, I think that's a great question because I think years past they were, you know, childcare programs were pretty and preschool programs were pretty stringent. By golly, you can't. It isn't necessarily developmentally where you're at, but you must be potty trained. And I'm getting the sense, and I don't know of all programs in all areas, but I'm getting the sense that there is some step back on that. I mean, maybe if they're in a four to five year program, parents might be told until he's ready and, he, and until he's potty trained, he can't come into my four year program. But I see a lot of flexibility in those three year programs because it, it could take, you know, a year and a half for a child to feel comfortable uh, pottying. But what pressure would that put on parents as well as children to say, you, you know, I can hear that conversation. If you don't do, you know, if you aren't using the potty, you're not going to be able to go up to the classroom with your friends. So hopefully that's not happening as much as what it used to be, is my input to that. Great. Thank you. And Colleen, I think you mentioned pressure on parents. And I know I have shared with both of you my story. I mean, I didn't even care, quite frankly, um, about my son and, and potty training until he told me um, because I knew that I tend to be a highly anxious individual. And if I was just going to add another thing on my plate, Sue, you mentioned times of stress and, and um, changes transition in in a family's life. And I was like, you know what, this is just another thing I'm not willing to put on my plate. And so I want to acknowledge that sometimes it's okay to say, I'm not even going to worry about this at this particular time. 
Um, so in terms of potty training, what are some things that you guys have come up with over the years that can help make potty training fun for children and parents? Um, I think what makes it fun is a, a following the child's lead, number one. And if they're excited about it and then just praise them, I would praise them um, and just say, good job. You know, it's like, you know, I'm going potty. And, and when I did family childcare, I had um, kids, you know, maybe we've been working on it for a while and they wanted to call their mom or dad at work and say, I went potty. And they were just so excited about it. So just kind of following their lead and, and, and um, which brought smiles to everybody and excitement. And I know some people do things like stickers or uh, little treats or things like that to make it fun or, you know, reading, um, it just whatever makes it comfortable and fun for the child at the time. And I know Colleen has more to talk about that. Yes, thanks, Sue. We had um, a basket of books in the bathroom and our process was choose two books. And my, my boys loved books, so it wasn't this wasn't a big ask. And I would have them to choose two books that they wanted to read or have read to them. And that's as long as they needed to sit. And and if they pottied before that and they weren't interested in listening to the rest of the book or go to the second book, that was absolutely their choice. But I would ask them just to sit there long enough to sit through two of their favorite books. And each time they would choose different books and it, and it kind of gave them some control in what they were doing. Go choose a book. I'd set the timer um, oh, 30 minutes. And now with smartphones, you can put some cute song on there that you would consistently use. So they know every time they hear that song, oh, it's time to go and choose our books. I suggested keeping a basket of books in the bathroom because you might have lost an opportunity if they're digging through their room trying to find a book <laughs> they're looking for. And oops, they might have missed an opportunity versus having those books in the bathroom and ready to grab. So, um, and again, you know, if you're going to use M&Ms or stickers or whatever the case might be, is just to be consistent. And is that going to be for effort? Is it going to be for accomplishment? You know, if you've actually potted in the toilet, but whatever it is you decide to do, you need to be consistent. As you know, if you try something and you try to change the game plan, uh, our, our children typically rebel on that. So you may be getting resistance for the wrong reason. The other thing to add to that when I was working with parents is that um, I had a parent that they wanted to give them one M&M every time they peed on the toilet. Then we made sure that that child didn't get M&Ms any other time. It was that mm. special treat just for potty training. Or if they got stickers, whatever that treat is or whatever that was, it is special just for that event. That's really fun. I know that there's also some strategies like for specifically for little boys putting um, Cheerios in or something in the toilet so they could aim correctly, um, those types of things. For my five-year-old, I bought, there's little stickers that you can put on the back of the toilet that say, put me down. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it says. It says, put me down and put, put use put me up when I pee, you know, cause little boys should be thinking about those sorts of things, but that's a five-year-old um, goal, not necessarily when they're first potty training. Um, what else have you learned 
over the years in regards to potty training. So can I just add to what you were just saying about little boys? One of my strategies was to have my boys, because for little boys, they have, they have the either stand or they sit to complete their task versus little girls who all, all sit. And so for my boys, uh, I would have them sit backwards on the toilet. And, and oh. my kids were pretty entertained by watching what they were doing. Could be Cheerios. We didn't put any Cheerios in there, but just the fact that they could also put their hand on the back of that toilet and they felt more comfortable as they were leaning forward. And so I found that that worked well for them. And that way, if we ended up going out into public, that I could also put them on the back, put them backwards on a public restroom toilet and they could versus at home we always had a stool they would stand on you don't have stools when you're out in public or typically visiting family members so it, it allowed them to have another a bit of stability and i always tease people when you think about how you're going to place your child think about yourself if starting today you have to use a, a giant toilet and your feet do not touch the ground what would that feel like and how successful could you be going to the bathroom if your feet weren't on the floor? And mm. so think about our little guys when they're trying to get stability um, and trying to do something like going potty. If their feet are just dangling in the air, that would be a bit of a challenge. That's a cool strategy, Colleen. Um, I, something I never thought about before. Um, and the other thing I noticed with some of my little boys that I worked with, they wanted to copy their dad. So it didn't matter what, if they were capable or able to or not. And sometimes we had to encourage them to sit down because they were too little and couldn't stand up. But some of them just like, I have to be like my daddy, you know, so it, it's really individualized. Yeah, Colleen, I hadn't thought about the dangling piece, yes. um, which is really funny because I was just going to share um, one of the strategies we used was to buy. I mean, this was a little bit after he had gotten a little more consistent with using the bathroom consistently, but there's like an attachment that attaches directly onto your toilet. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like two different toilet seats, one for a baby or one for a toddler, I guess I should say. And then one for um, adults. But now that you say that, and I mean, they even have stools for adults, the squatty potty. <laughs> because we are supposed to be able to put our feet on the floor. So um, it's a both end. If, if yeah. it, it's interesting to you, maybe you can check it out. If not, then maybe not. <laughs> um, and to answer your last question, I think Jennifer, you asked if there was anything else. Um, I guess one of the things that I've learned over the years is it's helpful to establish a routine with them with children so that they kind of have a little structure of like, well, when I'm, when am I supposed to go potty or so like one, and especially at the very beginning when they're learning, one thing that we did is like 15 to 30 minutes after each meal, it's like, uh, let's go sit on the potty and they would be all eager to sit down and, and then they can most likely be a little more successful after they've just eaten or drank. And then maybe right after they get up from their nap might be another time, but whatever you can establish those routines for your family. Um, which will help children just get into that routine of knowing this is what we do. That's one thing. And, I and a closing thought that I might have is that it's really important for this not to be punitive. 
and don't let others pressure you into potty training your child. You know, it could be it could be a grandparent, it could be your sibling, it could be all my other children trained er earlier than this. You need to know that if you're frustrated, your child's going to be frustrated. You know, they pick up on all of our emotions, good, bad, and ugly. And so be careful about that. And in summary, all children are different and move at their own pace. This is a big learning curve for your child. So give yourself as well as your child grace during this big developmental step. And I just wanted to add one. I like your summary, Colleen, but I, there's one thing I was thinking of when I, especially when I was doing childcare, when a child is potty training to make sure that they, uh, to avoid some clothes that are hard to take off and, and take on and mm. put on because if they have like the overalls or things like that, they have to unbuckle or some of them at, at that age still have the ones that they snap at the bottom. And that makes it a lot more difficult for them. And you want them to be independent and take them their clothes off and on by themselves. So while they're potty training to try to avoid some of those clothes so that they can be more independent. So I just wanted to throw that in. Sue, now that you said that, I mean, I think then one of the prerequisites would be to like, just start practicing with that up and down of pants mm -hmm. um, in order to support the, the development towards the potty training on their own. Um, well, any last thoughts, guys? Thank you so much for joining with us today. Um, we so appreciate your expertise and thoughts around this particular topic. And um, thank you listeners for tuning in. Thank you, thank you for having us.